Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been watching recently. I'm Terry, and if we're a little red-faced, it's because we just finished recording um, our uproarious uh, episode that's coming out next week. But uh, I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth, and I, I'm chugging a liquid death and hydrating between things because that's important. Um, but this week I'm just drinking talk- scotch. <laughs> and this week we're talking about sexy demons, mad scientists... Mm. Murderous Dolls, and then we are finishing up Fantastic Fest. We sure are. But before we do get to that, Mary Beth, we had a very wild Little Cuts recording last week, I would say, between internet issues, between dog issues, and then I know something happened after that episode. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry, the cat's being very cute. She's distracting me. Um, But, so, after we were done recording... He kept getting sick. The dog kept getting sick, and he was like, "You were pet sitting at someone's house." I was, yeah, right? I was. I was staying at my friend's house, so I'm back. I'm back in my office. I'm back home, but I was at my friend's house last week, staying at her house with her two dogs, and the dog was getting really sick. He was throwing up a ton, and he's a 13 pound Chihuahua creature. Like he's not very big, so he kept throwing up. I was like really worried about him. He was acting really weird, and I was like, "All right, vibes are weird tonight." <laughs> the tradition continues. But then, so, okay, so he's just been getting sick. He's shaking. He is acting so upset. And apparently, like, it's normal for him. Like, he does this every once in a while. But I was like, all right, things have been weird. And for part of the night, he also been staring at a door, like, at the door frame. I think he was doing that in the video. He was, like, looking out the door of the guest room I was in. And so at this point, I was like, all right, it's time to go to bed. I'm exhausted from, like, freaking out about you. Let's go up to bed. So I go upstairs with the two dogs. And so 
whatever, lay in bed, turn all the lights off. And important to note, there are, both dogs are next to me. These, I made sure of this, just so I kind of had eyes on who was where. And so the dogs are next to me, falling asleep, watching Real Housewives, and all of a sudden they hear a crash. And I was like, no, we're not doing that. I didn't get out of bed. The dog started barking, which freaked me out. He, But he didn't get out of the bed either. So I was like, cool, if he's not getting out of the bed, I'm not getting out of the bed. Absolutely not. Not going to be that dumbass. No, like did not. I was like, I'm not going to pull like the white person move and like getting up to investigate. Fuck that shit. Nothing is running in here. I'm just going to go to bed and like move on. So I wake up the next morning and I was, and I had like, I was like, I wonder what that was. But like, I, I, I didn't really think about it. And then I go into the guest bedroom because that's where I had my laptop. And that was where I was recording, and in the middle of the floor was my fucking microphone. The, both of the dogs were in nope. the room with me. The microphone was, like, on a stand, like, on the desk, and somehow it, like, crashed onto the floor. In the middle of the room, right? In the middle of the room. Nope. I don't believe in ghosts, but nope. Yeah, it was, I was like, all right. And I was like, dude, why my microphone? Like, why was that? Why? Like, why didn't you just, like, knock over my edibles or something? Like, why did you knock over the expensive recording equipment? Like, uh-huh. fuck you. And the thing you use every day, it feels like. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, well, that's terrible. Um, so Tony asked if it was Monica that like... transferred her to you. <laughs> and then, like, nothing else happened the entire time I was there. So I was like trying to think about what it could have been but again like i made sure both of the dogs were with me because the first thing i thought was oh one of the dogs knocked it over but or like one of the dogs had done something and i was like oh no they're both in bed and there's no one else here yeah so and then i told my friend um and she was like i've never had any experiences there and i was like well uh i don't know what it was but just as like a heads (laughs) up like they don't want me podcasting they don't want me podcasting (laughs) So, yeah, that that is what happened <laughs> after that recording. So, that cursed recording, and then the curse continued. Recording. Yeah, I, I, something about the vibes or whatever the fuck was going on that night. It was bizarre. And then the next day, everything was fine. So, I don't know. It was weird. And I just want to reiterate, if, if you are not a, a patron and you have not seen that video, you really should subscribe just to be able to see that video. Because it I, I don't think it trans, translates as well as on audio. As the images that... The images that were present at that moment. Yes. Of me on the floor cleaning up dog vomit. As Tony says in chat, chaos. Yes, it was it was chaos. Chaos reigns. It was chaos. But yeah, so that was that. <laughs> and so, but now, let's talk about sexy demons. Because hopefully they weren't... Sexy demons! Sexy demons! We both got to see Hellraiser, which is premiering... I believe the day this episode drops yeah. on Hulu. I love this movie. Yeah. I love this movie. And I'm curious about what you thought of it, Mary Beth. So I, I reviewed it for Dread Central. If you're curious of my review, go over and read it. Um, but I was really surprised. I really, really liked it. I think The Night House is 100% a proof of concept for Hellraiser, especially Mm, with mm -hmm. what they do with playing with space in this movie. Yes. I think the Cenobites are terrifying, and I think this I think this takes kind of a new a new look at Hellraiser because I think the one big, the biggest complaint I have is that 
it's not as like sexy or as like no. gritty as the first mm-hmm. one. It is a little bit more kind of restrained and sanitized in a way that I think is effective. I just don't think they explore it as much as they could. I think there's something really interesting going on in this movie in terms of not being like, it's not leather anymore. It's flesh and kind of like this different kind of vibes around sensuality. And I think that could be played with way more because I it was just like, there was a little bit of a disconnect there, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. It's very much like vibe heavy is the way yeah. I would put it. It's vibe heavy. Yeah, I think it leans into the cosmic horror aspect of it a lot. Um, there's a lot of a lot of talk about the Leviathan and a talk about like this other world. And it really, I think, really stretches into the cosmic horror aspect and the sort of fantasy aspect that that Clive Barker's known for. Because, yes, he does a lot of horror, but he has like there was a, a time period. I want to say it was in the 90s when he was cranking out fantasy novels that were kind of dark fantasy, but it had like a fantastical feel to it. And I think this movie really embraces that those that ethos that clive yeah. barker brings to his work mm-hmm. in a way that i've i've not seen um reproduced in adaptations of his stuff and yes this i think this movie is very shiny it has a sheen to it it doesn't mm-hmm. have that sort of goopy grittiness that frank's transformation coming out of the floor has there's there's some kind of horrific moments in this of like really kind of gnarly shit but like i don't think anything kind of approaches that sort of goopiness that i that i remember feeling from that first movie but um it's explicitly queer this time around there's queer characters played by queer actors that don't feel like they're just set dressing they actually have some agency in it i i I had a great time with this one yeah i did too i think a lot of people are gonna love it i think that people are gonna love it i think a lot of people are gonna have a lot of opinions about it but yeah that's fine whatever i think it is a really great kind of reintroduction back into hellraiser and my only request is next time let a queer person direct it yeah no offense, David Bruckner, if you're no. not, but <laughs> I think. But I think that if you like the kind of stuff that he was turning out with uh, The Ritual and with mm-hmm. particularly Nighthouse, you will enjoy this one, I think. Yeah. So that was Hellraiser, which I, I, I can't wait for people to experience it. And I'm I'm curious to hear what like a lot of people, like uh, the majority of the population, because only specific credits have seen it right by now. Yeah. Let's transition from this to Mad Scientists, question mark? So this is uh, Masking Threshold. This is a movie by Johannes Gretzenfurthner. It is weird, (laughs) to put it in one word. Uh, I bet. The movie, actually, I first saw this movie in part at the Unnamed Footage Festival in San Francisco. It is kind of like a hybrid found footage movie where it is like a guy kind of telling, it's basically a guy narrating his life and it's all told in macro. So it's like a monologue going over a bunch of macro images. So it's like, it can kind of... Okay, I'm seeing a trend. (laughs) So it's basically the narration of a guy losing his mind done in macro thinking that he his doesn't have tinnitus but actually has like is accessing a new wave of sound and the ways that things communicate and how cells communicate 
And it's, I described it on Twitter as mad scientist found footage. It's basically the diary of a guy slowly losing his mind and committing these weird experiments in his basement. And I really liked it. It's very much kind of a, it's one of those movies that people like, what the fuck is this high concept bullshit? Like, I can understand why someone would say that because it is kind of an unconventional way of telling a story, but I really enjoyed it. So (laughs) that's Masking Threshold, which is out now. I believe, yeah. Yeah, I, I have not seen Masking Threshold, but um, kind of jumping ahead a little bit, I because this is a good companion piece, I have seen another one of Johannes Gret, Gretzenferther, is that? Yeah, Gre- Grensferther? Uh, Gre- Grensferther. Furthner. I Grensferthner. Furthner. for butchering that name, which played at Fantastic Fest, so we're sort of jumping ahead a little bit, but I just, I have to, because I'm noticing a trend here, because you're talking about sort of like, images on the screen as sort of like an audio is it, are the images have anything to do with what's happening in the audio uh yeah okay G- generally so, speaking yes <laughs> okay so i watched Razin nest which again is another high concept movie by him that for some people it's going to be like this amazing movie and for some other people it's probably going to bore them to tears because the the premise behind it is that there's this um director who is very highfalutin he thinks he's making art and he has filmed stock images basically of this location where um a bad thing happened a long time ago but he wanted to film everything but the bad thing happening so (laughs) he films a lot of like shots of scenery and of caves and of trees and of Uh villages and of birds and of all this stuff and so that's the images that we're seeing but the premise behind it is that this um, Rotten Tomatoes critic has sat down with him to record an audio commentary with him, his DP, maybe his editor, I can't remember who, what the other character is, um, and they're watching the film, which again is just a bunch of images of scenes. There's not a single person on screen at all in this entire movie. It's just scenery. And they're recording an audio commentary. Quite possibly they brought something back with them from one of the caves that they that they were exploring. And as the audio commentary goes along, things start to happen. But again, we don't see any of it happening. It's all like an audio drama that is divorced from the images. Sometimes they marry up, but a lot of times divorced from the images that we're seeing on screen. Okay. And so it's sort of like if you were to listen to, oh, what was that? What was that? Pontypool. Pontypool? Oh, yeah, Pontypool. Sort of like if you were listening to Pontypool, but didn't really have any images to go along with it, is kind of what I would compare this to. Okay. 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 And I was, I'm going to be perfectly honest, I was bored as fuck in the beginning. And then once, like, the supernatural element starts to, like, eke into the dialogue, I was more on board, but... Uh, I'm not a huge fan, but um, I appreciate what it's doing. I kind of wish that maybe the images were a little bit more exciting to watch. Okay. Because I felt like it's one half of a good movie for me, personally. Because the audio built to like something that was really interesting, I just wish there was a little bit more... My mind wandered while I was watching it, is basically okay. what happened. Because I was like, the images, I was on my phone because the images, again, were nothing to really write home about. You can only look at the same cave and a swirling camera moving into the cave. So many times in a hour and 30 minute movie before yeah. your mind starts to like wander. But it seems very much in line with what he does 
is what I'm gathering from yeah, Masking Threshold in this. But, like, the Masking Threshold, all, like, the images match more, and they are much more shocking. Okay. There's nothing um, shocking in the images here. Okay, yeah. Because Masking <laughs> Threshold was much more, I think, like, shocking in its imagery. So I think it was a little bit more... There were parts of it that it was kind of just like, what is happening? But I, the images, I think, were a little bit more, like, in coordination with what was happening. Because he's, like, narrating science experiments he's doing. So you okay. see him, like... Oh, okay. So it's like he's narrating his actions more than I think in Razin Nest, which is obviously different. But so yeah, there's a little bit of a difference. A lot of scenery. (laughs) And how he's using imagery. Yeah, so that's Masking Threshold and um, and Razin Nest. Killer dolls? Okay, so I, back when Chucky season one came out, I saw the very first episode as like a pre-release screener. And then I did not watch anymore because it was October. Everything was coming out. It was a weekly show. I didn't really have access to it. So um, with with Chucky season two coming out, I was like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch the first season. And I binged the entire season in about a day and a half. Oh, my God, you guys. Chucky is a fucking good show. I was not prepared. So and I know you've you've seen parts of it, but I was not prepared for like how much of a continuation of the Chucky series it is like all those movies Curse of Chucky leads into this series and the beginning kind of starts different it's kids they're like 13 year olds they're in middle school they find Chucky Chucky starts to you know do some killing things and then it slowly starts to introduce all the storylines that have been kind of kind of been percolating um, prior to this one so Nico shows up and Tiffany shows up as uh in the body of, um, why am I blanking on her name? Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. I cannot believe I just did that. Am I a gay? Like, so what? Say, Come on now. Yeah. So like Tiffany as Jennifer Tilly shows up, it starts to like incorporate the long mythos of the Chucky movie. It's mean. Like kids in peril. Oh my God. Kids die. Oh yeah. Uh, parents in peril. Uh, some of these kids are orphans by the end of the season. Like it is vicious what happens to nika is like incredibly bleak and disturbing i i was not prepared for how good and how hard that season goes and then i started watching season two and i'm three episodes into it one thing i love that i'm afraid no one is ever going to be able to see except for critics that have these pre-release things is that the visual effects of episodes two and three are not finished so you see the puppeteers kind of moving (laughs) checky and it's absolutely delightful like i I'm loving watching this just because I'm seeing like how they're pulling off the practical effects. It kind of reminded me of playing Devil May Cry 5. There's like an option in Devil May Cry 5 <laughs> where you can see like the cutscenes that they do, but they're live action cutscenes of people that would eventually doing the mo- mocap behind it. And that's what this reminded me of in such a, a great way. But season two continues the story. It picks up almost immediately where season one ends. I'm not going to spoil anything in case you haven't seen it, but uh, the remaining characters end up in a uh, juvenile hall. And then things start to go from there. Glenn and Glenda are going to show up this season. I'm hearing that it's going to be kind of a bound reunion because I think Gina Gershon is supposed to show up at some point. Yeah. Sutton from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is going to be in an episode. I don't know what that is, but okay. (laughs) I don't know what that is. Sutton. She's a, she's a really rich lady in Real Housewives of Beverly oh. Hills. Her and Jennifer okay. Tilly are very good friends. I really want Jennifer Tilly to become a housewife is really what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> Aren't I she's would... the really good friends in real life? Yeah. 
Yeah. Her... Okay, so that makes sense because as the show opens in season two, she is in her Beverly Hills home as playing herself, like she is Jennifer Tilly. There's a there's a really funny little moment in this where they talk about Bride of Chucky as if like those movies really existed <laughs> in this universe. Oh. Because they make a comment about like they're like, yeah, it's Jennifer Tilly, but it's not really Jennifer Tilly. It's sort of like in Bride of Chucky, but real. Like, there's a moment where they say so that. So it's weird. like this very meta. So I'm like, wait, how is this working? But uh, if you're not watching Chucky, it's fantastic. The first season is on Peacock. The second mm-hmm. season is starting to air. Well, it just started this week on right USA tonight. Sci-Fi. I'm not sure. But um, it's really good. I really, <laughs> really recommend it. I was blown away by it. I have to watch more of it. But yes, it's very good. The, the, the acting is incredible. The writing is incredible. The kid it, actors Don, are so good. They're so good, and it's so gay. Okay. And Don Mancini really is just, like, that guy. I mean, come on. He's, like, consistently creating incredible Chucky content since the 80s. I mean, what the fuck? So it's just really cool to see it continue to be so successful and... Don Mancini has an incredibly weird fucked up brain, and I love it. Mm. All right, so let's finish up um, Fantastic Fest. I already gave one of my Fantastic Fest movies up. So, Mary Beth, what what have you been seeing? So I have two more that I watched. I watched... Fuck, I'm so sorry. Jesus, it's been a busy week. Um, I watched two movies. The first one I watched was Flowing, which is an Italian uh, horror movie that (laughs) is about trauma. But it's um, it takes place in Rome, and there is a really weird thing happening when it rains. A gas is released from the sewers, and the sewer and that gas makes you kind of like it makes you hallucinate and brings back like your worst memories, makes you relive your worst memories and commit violent <laughs> acts because of those memories. Basically, it, like possesses you and you you kill someone out of like revenge. It, like they, it's something like you have like visions of something that plays with guilt and like rage, and so it's centered on this is happening. And there is a family whose mother died in a car accident, and the daughter is in a wheelchair now, and the son and the the son and the father hate each other, Oof. and it's about yeah, it's about like that ger- emotional journey going alongside this weird thing like spreading all over Rome and like creating like massive amounts of murders across the city and violence it's bleak it's pretty fucking bleak <laughs> it sounds bleak yeah it's pretty it's slow it's like definitely one of those movies it's like slow like examination of sad people and then it breaks really bad so it's like in that regard it kind of follows those like that those beats but I think it's done in such a way that I think it kind of makes up for the fact that it's a little slow and I think because there's it's not like you don't know the gas thing is happening until you know the gas thing is happening the whole time so there are those moments of horror popping up throughout so it's not just like a family drama then horror but the horror is kind of present throughout throughout it so yeah I quite enjoyed it it's pretty gross and fucked up and I don't know when that one has it doesn't have distribution yet but Yes, that's flowing. Yeah, I, I wanted to see that one. I just didn't. I didn't have time. Yeah. Um, people who follow me know shit happened this week, and just yeah. Yeah. I haven't really had time to watch things. <laughs> yeah. But that sound. That one sounded really good. I am. I am miffed that I didn't get to see it. Hopefully, it plays somewhere else or it gets dis- distribution soon. Yeah. 
And then uh, what else did you watch? Um, so the only other movie that I saw from Fantastic Fest, uh, I, again, wanted to see more, but just didn't yeah. have a chance. I watched Unidentified Objects, which mm-hmm. isn't horror. It's uh, more of a, a drama with some sci-fi tinge to it. Okay. And it is about um, a gay little person who is a misanthrope. He does not like people. Mm-hmm. He's unemployed. He is staying in his little his little room and doesn't want to see anyone. And one day, a neighbor um, who is this vivacious uh, sex worker knocks on his door and wants to use his car because she wants to go to this place where she was once abducted by aliens because they are coming back and she has to be there at a specific time so that she can leave this planet with them. And he doesn't want to. She offers to pay him. He still doesn't want to. And then he starts thinking about a friend of his and he decides to go on this journey. And it's basically a road trip movie of the two of them, him being incredibly misanthropic, her being like trying to find her place in this world or find her place out of this world. And them sort of like creating a friendship of two kind of outsiders that don't really have a place in the world. I was, I was really surprised at how good it was. Uh, It really just sort of like hooked in me. And I was really just, I was on the ride for, for these two. There's not a whole lot to it. Uh, there's a couple, you know, instances where they run into people and they run into into certain into situations and some hijinks ensue. But it's just it was more of a mediation on two people who just don't feel part of the world for various reasons and othered for various reasons and kind of finding their own tribe. And I really uh, it really moved me. I really liked it. That was what I also wanted to check out, but I didn't have time. But I was curious about it, so I'm glad that you got to see it, and now I know to check it out when I can when I see it pop up again. It was good. Uh, so you saw one other one. I saw one other one. I saw. Uh, it's called Night Siren. Oh yeah. This is from her name is Teresa Novtova. I think is her name. I apologize if I'm butchering it, but this is a. Um, if you like Takazusa, you will like Night Siren. <laughs> I guess is a good way to start this out. This is another like slow burn witch movie, but instead of being like a period piece, it is set in contemporary times, and it's very much about this woman gets a letter about her mother's passing and goes to collect her inheritance. Shows up in this like she's estranged from her mom because her mom was abusive. She comes back home to kind of, like, claim her inheritance, finds her mom's cabin has been burned down, and she kind of gets sucked into these fucked up supernatural beliefs that the villagers still have, even in the year of our Lord 2022, and kind of how superstition can overcome... It's a really interesting look at how superstition can kind of overtake logic, Mm. especially in, like, the face of, like, in desperation. And it's gorgeous. It's bizarre. It's definitely one of those movies that, like, you'll really like it if you like it, and you're going to hate it if you don't, <laughs> you're not into it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's beautifully done. It's very queer. Queer, witchy, beautiful. It's, like, very, it just it feels very much made by, like, a cool queer woman about, like, queer witches trying to live their, sh- like, live their lives in the woods and patriarchal societies making their lives living hell. Like, it's... It's great. Sounds like a modern day Hakazusa. Yeah, it's basically a modern. <laughs> it's very much a modern day Hakazusa. Um, so if you like that, you'll like this one quite a bit. So it's a journey. That's Fantastic Fest. Yeah. It's over. It is over. Weird. 
Yeah. But so that means we're going back to horror comedies. We are. So what are we watching next week for horror comedies? <laughs> All right, so we are going to enter the 2000s, and uh, we're going to watch Scary Movie. I'm so excited. I have not rewatched Scary Movie in so long. It's not going to hold up well at all. I cannot I wait. Mean, I mean, ha- I do have a secret confession that I do watch this movie, not an inordinate amount of times, but I have seen it multiple times since uh, 2000, and we'll dig into that, too. <laughs> I have a lot of conflicting thoughts about this movie. You know, I feel like that's probably going to be the conversation. It's like, oh. So I'm very excited to revisit this for the first time since I was like 12 years old. 12. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see how many jokes I get now that I've seen it. I was 19, I think. Yeah. 2000. Yeah, I would have been 19. Yeah, I saw, I didn't see it in 2000, and I saw it later when I was definitely too young to be watching it. (laughs) I mean, I think I was too young to be watching it. (laughs) Um, Okay, but what are we, I'm not going to say who we're talking to on Monday, but what are we talking about on Monday, Mary Beth, that we just finished recording? So our Monday episode is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be our third, our three-year anniversary uh, clip show. So it's going to be moments that you guys have picked for us that we really love, that we're funny, we're moving, we're sad, and just kind of looking back at some of our favorite moments from the past three years. And if you're a newer listener or if you don't, and you don't know where to start, this is a perfect way to get a taste of some of the things we've talked about and kind of dip your toes into the Scarred for Life pond. So yeah. we're very excited. Yes. I have to say it was it turned out really good. It did. It was it was so fun. And we laughed, we cried, we laughed some more. Um but listeners Fuck you, you Melody. <laughs> fuck you, Melody. Uh listeners, you have heard from us, but we want to hear from you. Have you seen a film that we talked about this week and have thoughts? Do you have suggestions for movies for us to talk about? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us directly on Twitter. I'm at MB McAndrews. And I'm a Gaily Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe and join our Patreon because if you were a member, you would have been able to watch us do the anniversary live. And we just dropped our second Fresh Wounds episode of The Dark and the Wicked. So check it out. Thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you everyone for listening. Please. Uh, stay safe out there, but most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. 
Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.